Welcome to Debt to Cinema. I'm Stephen Maltmanex. And I'm Brian Gillis. Like most people, we love going to the theater and catching latest releases. However, sadly, put a big dent in your wallet. Fortunately, living in the digital age makes the viewing possibilities endless from the comforts of home. Many of these films that you can see right from your couch, we're ashamed to say we miss, despite labeling ourselves cinephiles. So join us as one or both of us cross off a title from our list of shame. It can be an all-time central classic. Or an underrated piece of cinema that's worth giving a shot. Hell, it might just be some trashy film we want the other's opinion on. So sit tight and join us as we pay off our debts, one dollar at a time. On the sixth day... God created man. On the seventh day, he rested. And on the eighth day, in the year 2010, in a remote laboratory, an exiled scientist created something impossible. Unmistakably human, undeniably animal, on the island of Dr. Moreau. I'd like to present my children. Father? Oh my god. Man must not meddle with nature, but, but I have found the devil, and I've tripped the devil, and... The, my God! Can you Horrible can you take this heat? It is bad. It is so hot. It, that is actually I actually like that ice bucket challenge hat. That you know what? And cool. what is probably like his worst role ever? It's I don't know about that. It's fascinating, like how even when he doesn't care, he still has a pretty good presence. I don't think he doesn't care. He here. totally doesn't give a shit. First off, bullshit. I watched the documentary like the day after um, to see like uh-huh. what happened. You know, because I mean that story itself. There's enough tidbits to share here, but th- that story itself is fascinating on its own. But, um, yeah, there's enough anecdotes there where he just he didn't care. Also, because he was probably dealing with the suicide of his, um, or or but, death. I can't remember uh, if it was suicide. The death suicide. of his... According um, to whom, though? No one on this film had ever worked with him before. Every single person on the film only did the film to work with him. So who's to say if he didn't care? Because he directly <laughs> told them that he didn't care. Of course he didn't care. He's fat and ugly and old and about to die. Like, he already shoved, like, fingers up someone's butt in Paris. Like, okay, well, he it's, like, care like He cared. He was on board with what Richard Stanley's version of it, but uh, w- what's her name? Uh, v- Veruza Bulk. She's friends with the, uh, the director that should have been the director, and then uh, you know, the she had to stay director. on board because she had a contract. But no, yeah, I read, like, yeah, I read the story where she hijacked a limo. Oh yeah, no, there's yeah. a great anecdote though, like about the production of the movie where she talks about um, approaching Marlon Brando and being like, "Hey, Mr. Brando, like, can we work on this scene together and just, uh, you know, like think about like what our characters should be doing? Like, you know, what she's the taking fuck it seriously. You mean work on a scene, yeah, and this he's just Brando. like, no, 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 darling, like, we don't, we don't need to do that." Everyone here is getting paid. Let's just let, let's just enjoy it. And I have not read the script. Like he's he straight up, never, he straight up, never, never, never has read a script. That's why there's anecdotes across his entire life of him having flashcards in his hands and pockets, or writing the script. Uh, oh, the, this he has the lines actually where... on the set, or yeah, 
having a fucking earpiece where people are reading him his lines. He is not an actor. Well, I, you know, you start with your Marlon Brando thing, whatever. Is this... <laughs> I, I know you, you quote-unquote picked this because of Ron Perlman. We were going with we're the Perlman here. thing. I thought that's, you sure. know, like... So I, I guess that's... But is, it, which is it took this... me actually a while to figure it out. I could not find him. He's the this. blind one. Yeah, I know. I figured yeah, it I out. Can find, like, I thought I was, he was the hyena. He is the Sayer of the Law. And yeah, it's he's good as that role, even though they could have cast anybody. But yeah, yeah. Was this your like payback for Biodome? No, no. I was actually not. Um, I, I know that like this is considered one of the worst movies of all time. I've never seen this before, okay? So I'm not, you know. I, I sure, was, but. I'm also genuinely fascinated by failures. And there's just, like, this is known as one of the worst movies ever made. That I'm just kind of like. It isn't. No, it, it isn't, but it's still fascinating to watch in context, especially when you bring up Val Kilmer, and then there's Brando, and there's oh, this God. clashing of two egos on set, which there's a lot of great stories there about... Yeah, Val um, Kilmer's a more deserving ego. He's a great... I've yet to see him in one damn thing where I didn't love his portrayal of the character. Oh, you know, he's Even a total in a role asshole like this, in this, where and it works perfectly for the movie. Yep. A great tidbit I heard is that with Kilmer and Brando... They were fighting so bad that there was a day where the they were both, thing? yeah, they were both staying in their trailers, <laughs> and neither of them would come Until out the other one unless the out. other one wanted to get out. Now, meanwhile, a bunch of the cast, like that's already in all this makeup, you know, like that they're uh, all like these creatures, these beasts, of the sweating island. their asses off. They're after... just waiting, and in the meantime, they're all just fucking smoking weed or drinking, and they're all fucking. Like, they mm-hmm. literally are just, like, partying and, like, just having an orgy. And it's insane while all this shit is happening that it, the, they kind of become the actual beasts in the, of the island of Dr. Moreau. And it really just goes nuts. And, you know, they're having that, like, Trent Reznor music orgy, like, and all that shit. Like, it's... Uh, speaking of that scene, by the way, like, just when Val Kilmer is doing his Brando, it's... Uh, it makes awesome. no sense. Both but I, I don't Both care. Both like, I, I like it. There know. are some good moments in this film. Like, it's not, I don't think oh, yeah. it's a bad movie. It's just all over the fucking place. It's all over the place for lots and lots and lots of reasons, and that's why you know the studio system's bad. Well, it's also um, just I, I think a lo- the history behind this kind of everything makes sense. Like you know what this was supposed to be with Richard Stanley is that there were going to be mm-hmm. like a lot of crazy ass touches. Well, it was going to be like, like there was an eight million dollar movie too. And it ended up being, like, probably it, 35. Yeah, it blew up because uh, Val Kilmer got in there and Brando got in Batman. there. And, like, yeah, the, all the sudden No, it got blew up stars. before Brando. It blew up because Val Kilmer had just made Batman Forever, the highest-grossing Batman film at the time. He's, like, one of my favorite actors. Like, if he is in something, I don't care how big of a role, I don't care if he's good or bad, there, he just brings something to it in the same way that, you know, so many people love Bruce Willis. I, I could give a shit less, to be <laughs> honest. Um, but there's something about Val Kilmer. Maybe it's because, you know, not my obsession, but, um, Batman Forever Batman was, Forever. come on, man. I, I love Batman, but Batman Forever has like a special spot in my life because it was the first, it was when I was coming of age, it was, or not even take scratch that it was the only Batman, not the only, it was the first <laughs> Batman film released when I was alive. So that alone and how Batman campy returns. and over the top and everything. No, well, I was fucking like six months old, okay? Yeah, but you were alive. Like, Come on. Not really. I wasn't hey, you know conscious. You should, well, you should check I out. I wasn't uh, in a human being. You should check out Ingrid Goes West. You're going to love it. Is he in that too? No, I'm, I, that's all I'm going to say just in regards to Batman. But Okay. Yeah, you should, you should check it out. 
because uh, maybe, you'll, maybe you'll love at least on, an aspect of it. I'm sure it's on Netflix. I'll check it out when it gets to that, or Amazon, or probably Amazon. Yeah, but probably. I mean, you know, when you get down to like Kilmer, like okay, whatever the fuck he's doing, like, or just kind of doing his own thing, even Brando, as soon but, as like he's yeah, Thulis, man, Thulis, though in this just. He plays uh, well, it pretty yeah. fucking safe. He yeah, he plays it straight, and I guess he's taking it seriously. But like, that's where I think, you know, it's clear. I think what the problem is here is that there's because there is no visions. Because they like, well, there's visions. I mean, here's well, the, here's the like, here's what's messed up about it. Like, uh, where do I start? Because it's basically Richard Stanley, like you know this um, this up and coming director who had some successful um, art house flicks. That like you know he he definitely is a visionary and has a very specific um, style. He wanted a specific movie, and then he got fired. So they bring in a veteran director to work well, it. It's, like, it's kind of even... like how, you know, you remember the Benicio Del Toro uh, Wolfman? Yeah, oh, yeah, I saw that in theaters. I can't forget. It was a good date, bad yeah, movie. Yeah, that was supposed to be Mark R- Romanek that did that. Um, they were building the sets and everything, and then he Joe stepped Johnson. out. Yeah, he steps out last minute, and then right before shooting it, Joe Johnson steps in, and here's this director that, like, you know, there's a production where there's clearly vision there, and there's someone trying to get something specific. Yeah, but Romanek left because Universal wanted to do CG, and he wanted to do practical. No, that's and what Johnson really wanted. bad in that. That's what Johnson. Oh, is, is that what he wanted? Well, yeah, even Johnson still, that, all the of a sudden went to a baker and was like, "No, I want to do that." Like, so you got a practical uh, makeup on Del Toro, but the transformations themselves. Uh, they're CG. You know, I, I can't. I don't know what specifically happened with the material. I just I know that there was trouble similar that, in that regard. It just movie. it wasn't this batshit insane. Um, but then yeah, like you know, you get uh, stuff redone to the script. You all of a sudden have Marlon Brando deciding he wants an ice bucket for whatever reason. No, fucking I'm, that's nothing. That's just like a a singular scene, nothing thing. Let's talk about it's, his it's little, just, it's like, just midget a little baby, like, like what you call oh, yeah, it, the thing. smallest man alive. Which I, mean, I don't know yeah, his name, but that, yeah, he's just like I like this guy. He, I want him in exactly. every scene with me. He went. He's the smallest man on the planet. We should have him in the movie. This is about freaks, right? You yeah. don't have to give him any lines of dialogue. He doesn't. He, I don't think he speaks. Uh, let's just put him in the movie. He plays and like he, a little he, piano, yeah. He fucking chews up like three or four different scenes. Like when he hands him that uh, power device uh-huh. right before Brando gets killed, I was like, what the f- Where'd he even come from? How'd he hear this confrontation? Did someone ring a little bell? But like, that moment, okay, this might be a quote unquote bad movie. When they're playing piano together, <laughs> that is referenced straight up in Austin Powers. When they do just the two of us, they do that moment yeah. where he's playing the piano on top of the piano. But when you see it here, it's not fucking crazy. It's kick ass. I was like, that is pretty cool. Like, they're doing a duet. I was like, is this is like his midget clone? Like, not even midget because that's like he's smaller than Minnie Me. Like, yeah, he's no, smaller no, than Vern like, Troyer. He is small. Man, man. He's, like he's really he's very really small. small. Yeah. Like um, when I first saw the island, I was like, is this like not the island itself? But once I saw the creatures, I was like. Especially their get-up, you know, the ones in the house, like the quote-unquote sons and daughters. I was like, okay, so this is like a Fantasy Island movie now. They're all wearing tuxedos, and they say master, and they're smiling all the time. And then you have this British cocksucker who's just like, if he had a good attitude, if David Thewis, like, didn't play it so straight-laced and, like, serious, like, it could have been a good movie. Because well, it here's starts my, off... Here's my point that I'm kind of getting to with this, is that, mm-hmm. like, you know, there's all this, but there really is no vision. Because you bring in John Frankenheimer, and he doesn't have a specific vision or idea. And this it's with this script, that, with, with what they're he was doing... Like, 
The original script was probably pretty okay. Yeah, well, with then what they're doing, they had though, it rewritten. It's, it's and just then when plot, though. Like, there, Frankenheimer there is no character. Like, David Doolis, no character. He's just a guy that was on a on a ship, like on or, a boat, on a plane, yeah. got stranded, on a plane that crashed and then on a raft. Yeah, and he's supposed to be your gateway and react to things and be horrified. But you don't really he's care about anything. Like, you know, he's reacting uh, to That's stuff, because... but he's a nothing guy that you know nothing about. But when this movie starts, when you have that voiceover where you're like, oh yeah, this kind of does sound like it's H.G. Wells, right? Yeah. When you have him on that boat and you see the shark in the water, like, oh, it's like, wow. Like, it's maybe not that, that impactful, but after the pretty good opening credits, the way with those eyes yeah. working and stuff. And the music, like, yeah, it's pretty it eerie, pretty man. Good. Yeah, it really yeah, gets a good I was feel like, to it. I was like, yeah, this is going to be a thriller. I'm... I'm 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 interested. This is pretty good for mid '90s in terms of like just not CG, but uh, like title sequences, like very inspired by like the MTV generation of things. Um, it has and like a his voiceover setup, yeah. Just yeah a good on, on the throughout. on the raft. The the moment that you're introduced to Val Kilmer when he saves him and like the whole uh, what yeah. is this? Oh, don't worry, I'm hydrating you. It's a little bit yeah, of Jimi like, Hendrix. Are you a doctor? Like, just enjoy I'm, it. I'm kind of a vet. I'm more like a vet. Yeah. yeah. Like that whole sequence on the boat is good. Like, but as soon as he escapes from his quote unquote prison, actually his safety harness, so he wouldn't get killed on the island or whatever. It just goes off the rails so fast. You, there isn't even like a mystery. It's not like you see shadows in the background, like oh yeah, these don't look human. It's straight a hundred. It goes from zero to hundred real quick. Yeah. Oh, here they are. Here's one coming out of this this woman with like eight tits. Uh, here's these fetuses in the jars. Here's the civilization. Here's these. Here's that. Here's Brando. Here's this. He's in like this ash makeup. Like it, you get so much shit so quick that it just loses. All of its momentum, it goes 100% off the rails, and there's no saving it. The, you don't really like, get any discovery, and then it just it suddenly no. just kind of jumps to the rebellion uh, at that point, which, I it, mean, it, you know, that itself, it, like, the rebellion you know, I, I don't bad. remember... I don't remember names, but I mean, that itself is cool. Like, the idea of taking the out hyena the, um, thing is cool. Yeah. yeah. Like, his best friend, the, like, the, you know, the, the, the cheetah guy who was killed for no reason because the, the fucking butler's an asshole. But as soon as he found out that, you know, figuring out, like, mm-hmm. transgressing, using his man brain, even though he's a beast, to figure out the, the microchips thing, pretty good. Like, all that stuff was good. Becoming God, I, I really like the way he, like, they, they that overpower ending. Moreau. Yeah, but well, I, I also like that ending, too, with, like, or just the ending, right at that ending, conflict. Yeah. It's like, yeah, so who's the God really now? Like, that who's, was you're really You're a cool. God. You're yeah. God number one. You know, very Wonder Woman-esque, if you kind of think about it. <laughs> um, and... The ending, ending of this film. Also, I do like him going on the raft and with the his monologue. With Ron Perlman, yeah, who gets the mm-hmm. like really the final word? Yeah, the real spells out final the entire word. moral behind it. But we yeah, don't it's need a good scientists. Scene. We don't need doctors. But then even just like a the the montage of the brutality on TV. Like I'm surprised they didn't do Rodney King to be honest. Considering this is only <laughs> a couple years after that, uh, probably would have really made it a stinker. Um, but no, the opening. 15 20 minutes are fine the the final 15 minutes are fine that whole sequence when he's like going right before like the the parlor room scene right before he kills brando or they kill brando you know Which, that's, that's a good moment line, like honestly yeah like, that, it's that's a good a, moment that's a moment in this where i was like actually i think that's great where brando's playing rhapsody in blue and mm-hmm. they're sort of curious they're still like curiosity yeah. still getting to them before where it's, it, it's not fucking... like they're all like, you don't get that sense where they're all about to, like, kill him. Like, he's doing a good job of distracting them. But then, 
you know, the issue comes back Before up, which, the by the way, Kilmer knew, by the way, up. and he didn't fucking oh, yeah. alert him. That, and that's no, like, no, no. That's why Kilmer's, I'm telling you, there, it, it's not obvious, but it's kind of alluded to in the way that the it first, makes sense, when the like, first thing he it, says, they just don't have the threads there to make you think that they carefully no, thought they, it out for the movie. They have the threads. It's just the movie's all over the place. Yeah, it, like that's what in I'm the saying. way that, that Kilmer does the impersonation of Rando after he dies. That's all he does. All of his dialogue after he's dead is an impersonation. Like, literally so. He's dressed like him with, like, a fat suit, you know? The way that he's throwing the drugs in the lair and all of the beasts are fucking each other. Like, everything he's doing, the the wink that you get, kind of, when he's like, oh, yeah, he killed a bunny, you know? Oh, he shot this thing. He gave this person this gun. Oh, he's not letting them use the, the radio. Like, everything that happens, like... It's pretty obvious that he's just totally um, like a nihilist. He doesn't give a shit anymore. The the way that he's kissing the the female monsters when he's giving them their dosages, like literally kissing them on the mouth. Like he didn't give a shit. He's fucking shirtless. He's running around doing his drugs that he's making, mind you. He's creating these drugs. He mm. he got he someone who won the Nobel Peace Prize was attracted to this uh, blossoming, like, young mind, invited him to his island for God knows what, and what he ended up being, you know, was a veterinarian, or even worse than that, you know, like, basically a jailer. He had pent-up anger for fucking ten years. He, he, he thought he was going to be a part of something important, and instead he's just dicked around, and I, he, I, I'm surprised they didn't have a sequence where he put on, like, that uh, SPF 5000 on Brando. <laughs> to be honest, I, I would have loved to have seen something like that, but I'm sure that's because, you know, they hated each other, or came to hate each other. Um, but I don't know. I don't think it's a bad movie. I I no, can't it's, say it's, it's a... It's a movie. Um, it's like, it's, and it's definitely a mess, but, it you know, it's like... I, I there guess are why they thematic elements in is there. That they, were able to, they were able to like at least stitch together a movie at the end of it, but there is a plot. That's really the best thing I can say sort about of. this. Like, this is a full-on dime a dozen where... You know, it's there's not no... even dime a dozen though. It's like, because it... <laughs> like, it's, it's, I... it's me being nice. Where it's like, I mean, you know, this is like a disposable movie where there's a beginning, there's an end, but you know, there are no characters, there's no real investment. It's just okay. David Thewlis has a thing for this uh, this cat like uh, uh, mutated cat human, yeah, wh- whatever you want to put like, it. And then there's a lot horribly... of interesting creatures in there, and then. You know, there's how a, horribly there's a moral that in there, thought, yeah. like that plot, is just thrown out there. Because at first, you know, when you see her dancing, and mm-hmm. she's like, "Oh yeah, I was brought to this island." Why would she lie to him? Why would she lie to him? Why don't you just say, "Oh yeah, my father." You know, she's talking about her father, it's and you. Exactly it's implied script, but it's 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 so bad. But it's like when her teeth start showing, and then you don't mm-hmm. actually see her ears, and it's like, well, even if that's true. You're pretty old. She's definitely older than 17. He's only been doing this, the, the fucking shit for 17 years. In, in what way is this possible? Like, it's so mind-boggling. Even if she were 17, is she the first one then? And if she's the first one, why do the rest of them have fucking hair everywhere? Why are they dark when they got fucked up hands and hooves and, and, and horns? Like, 
that's the stuff why people probably say it's one of the worst movies ever made. In the way that you know they say the same things about Waterworld because well, then, it's not I mean, the mainly most it's thought just the out performance movie. of Brando here. Like it, it's kind of easy to make fun of. Like even when you know, especially when he has that ice bucket moment, he's just like, oh, look. Lower, give, give me some. Ow, no, no, you're no, hurting me. Like, he's it's completely beyond the ice bucket, in that moment. Is what I'm saying, though. Like, probably the best piece of trivia I read about this movie, and when I read it, I was like, oh, yeah, that totally makes sense. Is I don't know if you watched, like, the the early seasons of South Park, like, when it actually was new. Yeah, the well, Nambla thing is new. what you're getting at. Yeah, the, the, yeah, the crazy doctor on that show with. The, the yellow Hawaiian shirt and mm-hmm. the small monkey like human thing the pygmy that's always doing weird like experiments and putting butts on humans faces and stuff that's this character he even sounds like Brando he looks like Brando like that's a joke that Trey Parker and Matt Stone got in at Comedy Central because you know like that first season was like 97 98 that's only a year or two after this movie came out that I'm sure for an audience that we weren't it killed and even still, if you're watching reruns, because he's not really a character anymore, he's just like, you know, he's a stock character. He just fills up the extras. You know, for the people, for the, like the very few that saw this, were familiar with it, outside of like maybe watching the Razzies, like that was a joke that probably landed really hard. Um, this movie, it's like, I almost kind of want to buy it. You know, like, I wouldn't mind actually owning this, like, to just to lend it to people and know, like, oh, yeah, have you heard of this shit before? I think Check it's far more out. fascinating to watch when you know what the production history is behind it. Yeah, doing the research after, like, it, it totally made it fun. But, yeah, it's just, it's one of those Hollywood, like, this is the studio that brought you the Lord of the Rings. You know, like, they had a Nightmare on Elm Street at that point. They had, um... uh, Not yet, not yet. No, or, yeah, no, 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 they the did. 80s, yeah, yeah, they, they had, didn't. They also yeah, had Freddy. Like, that was their big thing. They had Freddy they had, and Jason. Um, I mean, yeah, no, eventually they, Freddy, they would. Jason, but like, I'm, what I'm saying is, no, like, they, New they Line was them. not one of those respected studios. You know, they were, were a B player, and this is like they th- weren't really a part of, like one of those. Warner Brothers. They were like they were truly a sister studio that only did genre shit. Um, you know, this movie uh, it, it's fitting for. For October, I think it's a fine Hooptober Halloween horathon. If you're me, um, I I like it for Val Kilmer. I think I'm not a fan of Marlon Brando, but he definitely demands the screen anytime you see him, and he definitely does it here. And it's one of his final roles, so you got to look at it that way. It's one of the final roles that Val Kilmer did before you know he kind of lost touch with Hollywood and got fat. Like I don't even know what the rating is to be honest, because it's not dime a dozen. I think it's bigger than that, just because of the creatures here and some of the, the uh, like the uh, thematic elements that we're talking about um, the, the cast, you know, the production behind it, it's history, mm-hmm. uh, the, the source material. It's not a silver dollar by any stretch of the imagination. It's definitely not a wooden nickel. Um, like, I guess it's, it's like dime a dozen, but with like, it's a dime that has like shit caked on it. And you don't even want to pick it up to wash it off, but you know it's worth something. That's fair. Like, that's what it is. It's like a bloody nickel. Or, like, I don't know. Yeah, we got to come up with something shitty. Shittier than dime a dozen. Shitty dime. I don't know. Like, it, it's definitely yeah, interesting, I mean, it's, though. It's one of those, yeah, it's one of those things where, you know what, I'd say I'm more enthusiastic about recommending the documentary because just 
the production behind this, it's insane. Thanks for listening. We hope it's been a pleasure. If you enjoyed this episode, you can listen to more by checking out the Dollar Review Show, where we cover theatrical and streaming releases, as well as give our two cents on anything we sought out on our own, whether that be TV, music, etc. You can find all of our content at dollarreviews.net. Follow us on Twitter or like us on Facebook at Dollar Reviews. And we're also on Google Play Music, iTunes, Pocket Cast, TuneIn, Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube, just about anywhere on the internet with hours of content available to you for free. But for those of you that feel that the show is worth your dollar, you can send us a donation at patreon.com slash dollarreviews. Contributions not only earn our undying love, but they also make it possible for us to improve our recording equipment and to give you the highest quality episodes possible. But more importantly, they'd be helping us acquire the content to review. You know, trips to the multiplex are expensive, and the more donations we receive, the more films we can review for your listening pleasure. If you listen somewhere we're currently not available, you'd like to contribute some talking points, send a debt to cinema request, or if you just want to laugh at us, you can do so by reaching out to us on social media or send an email to brian at dollarviews.net. You can follow me personally on Twitter at Brian Gillis. That's B-R-Y-O-N-G-I-L-L-I-S. And now you know how to spell the email, too. And also under the same name on the Love You site, Letterboxd, which acts as my film diary, where I rate films that I'm watching, write the occasional review, and even sometimes compile lists. You can also find me on Twitter at S underscore MTX, and also follow my film diary at Letterboxd under the same name, where I log everything I watch, and sometimes write brief reviews. That's it for this week. Until next time, keep the change.